Welcome to Hope Community Church's Sermon of the Week. It's our prayer that this message will encourage and equip you to love like Jesus. To learn more about Hope, visit us at hccalive.com. Now enjoy the message. In a world that is so often marked by division, I reflect back on one of the teachings that Jesus had given to his disciples shortly before he would depart from this earth. And it's in John chapter 13. Some of us are familiar with that section of scripture, but in John 13, before we get into the the text that we'll be studying this morning, here's what Jesus told his disciples. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, but he makes it more difficult. He, He gives us the standard in which that he loved. He says that I have loved you. You are to then love one another as I have loved you. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, I bring that up this morning because we begin our mission series, which is to love like Jesus. The reason that we love people the way that Jesus loves people is because that's not only our mission as a church, that's the mission of Christians. So our mission to love like Jesus isn't unique to hope. It's actually unique to being a Christian. As we love one another, as we love other people, people are able to see there's a difference in our lives. There's a difference in the way that we see one another, but this is not always easy. In fact, even before I get into the text, I think of this last weekend where I didn't do things exactly right. I was over at a restaurant, I won't say the name, and we were celebrating our middle daughter's birthday, and we were having a great time together. And it wasn't long, and I realized that the waiter that we had wasn't being very attentive to our needs. In fact, the waitress at the other table had stopped at that table like three times before we were even greeted and received drinks. Now, probably because I was paying for it, I was a little bit more annoyed with that, right? And, uh, and as the, the service continued to not meet my expectations, I was figuring out and calculating how much I would give him as a tip. Now, just a general rule of thumb, I like to give 20%. Occasionally, we'll do more, but almost never do I do less than that. Well, through the course of the meal, uh, everything else went fine. We had a great time as a family. But then at the end, of course, I I only gave 15%, which I quickly began to regret. And let me tell you why. Why? So as I had given the tip, my oldest daughter says to me, hey, Dad, uh, what did you give for a tip? And I told her, and she looks at me, and she goes, how could you be so ungracious to him when God has been so gracious to us? See, to me, normally, the Holy Spirit sounds a lot like my wife's voice, But as my daughters are aging, the Holy Spirit has begun to sound a lot more like any of their voices. (laughs) We're called to love people like Jesus. And oftentimes we're confronted 
with how we're going to love people. And it's in those moments, though, that God allows us to see some of the, the places in our hearts where, with, where we're holding back, where we're not loving as Jesus would call us to love. So I'm really excited this morning to look at a, a text, and it's going to be in Luke's gospel as we see not only how Jesus loved people like Jesus, or loved people, of course he loved them like Jesus, but how he, he modeled that for his disciples. If you have a, a Bible this morning, we'll be in Luke chapter 17. If you don't, you can follow along on the screens. And I don't know if you know this, but each week we also do post it on version, so you can see ahead of time the text and the points. But in verse 11, here's the story. Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. And, live, and they lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When Jesus saw them, he said to them, Go Show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15, Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks to him. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, or maybe in our vernacular it would read a little better if it said, And Jesus asked him, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to Jesus, or Jesus said to him rather, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. In order for us to love like Jesus, we have to see people. We have to see people. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And as he's on his way, of course, he's on this journey, which the purpose, by the way, for that was that he would be that sinless sacrifice, which we celebrated with communion. And as he's on this journey, he's with his disciples, and, and, and they're about to enter this village. But for those of you who have done a little traveling before, you know that when you're traveling, it can be a little bit stressful. Now, I travel with kids all the time, and that's stressful. But can you imagine traveling with 12 grown men? I'm letting the groans happen. Each have their own ideas on what they should eat, where they should go, how much they should travel that day. Jesus had a lot on his plate. And as he's entering this town There's 10 lepers outside of the town. The reason that they're outside, of course, is because with leprosy, they couldn't enter it. So they're outside the gate, and they cry out to Jesus. But Jesus doesn't just see them. He actually sees them. That's consistent all through the Gospels as we get to know who Jesus is. That's consistent that he would see people. I I think of The Gospel of Matthew, written by Levi, who had been a tax collector, and and he writes, when Jesus saw him, he saw a man. When Jesus sees people, he doesn't just see an occupation. He doesn't just see a disease. He doesn't just see our sin. He doesn't just see the worst of us, right? He sees into us. 
But my point is for us to love like Jesus, we have to be able to see people. Jesus noticed these lepers. And I think about even the difficulty as he enters this town. There was no one there to meet his expectations. In fact, we don't even read of of people asking Jesus, what can we do to serve you? How can we help you? But instead, from the moment that he travels to the moment before he even enters the town to be in the town, there's expectations that are placed upon him. But that didn't stop Jesus. Those expectations didn't stop him from loving well. Jesus noticed these lepers. And I'm telling you, it can be easy to not notice people. It's almost easier to not notice them. We, we get conditioned to even think, I'm so busy that if I stop to notice the person in need, I'll be late. That happened just yesterday. My wife and I are running an errand, and this older lady was pushing her cart, and she happened to knock off uh, some of the, they looked like those little bifocal reading glasses. She knocked off about six pairs. And, and we're trying to get through, and I'm running late, and I'm in a hurry, and you guys know how God's been working on me with patience, and so that means he gives me lots of opportunities to fail. And, and as this is happening, I'm like, I, I have this thought, hey, we'll, we'll get them. We'll, we'll pick them up. Just, you know, keep going. But my wife, she says, hey, we'll grab them. We'll pick them up. So she picks them up for the lady. The lady's like, oh, thank you so much. And the reason I share that story is because in just a moment, it took, what, five seconds, seven seconds, we were able to help that lady out. But it's just noticing the needs that people have. Now, you, you can't do that every time you go to the grocery store where you just follow people around and pick up things that get knocked over or, or help them reach things in, in places that are too high for them. My, my point is, though, when you do notice it, if you can take the extra 5 to 15 seconds to help someone out, that's a great example of really seeing their need, helping them out. Jesus was moved by compassion. He, he, he was moved by compassion because he really loves people. That's the, that's the mission of Hope Church. That's the mission that Jesus gave to all of his disciples. He says, by your love for one another, toward others, people will know that you are my disciples. We have to love people by seeing them. But then we need to look below the surface. If we only look at the surface, if we only look at what we can see with our own eyes, then, then we would be mostly attracted to the deficiencies. You know, I understand that the natural uh, response when we see people is to maybe notice what they're wearing or maybe it's to notice uh, something that, that doesn't seem quite right. But Jesus looked below the surface. These lepers had leprosy. Now, there's a couple ways that, that you would know someone had leprosy back in this time. One is when they would see you coming, they would, they would call out, hey, unclean, I'm unclean. Yep, that's one way of knowing. But another way of knowing, if you got closer and they, they maybe hadn't seen you or called out that they were unclean, because of this disease, it would actually cause their, their skin to rot, which would 
produce a smell. So you could also, you'd find out if someone had leprosy on their surface level by the smell. Maybe even you would hear about someone from your neighborhood who developed leprosy. But here's my point. When, when we hear those things, the natural temptation is to, is to move away. When, when somebody has something that seems contagious, the natural response would be to pull away, to begin to distance ourselves. Now, fortunately, in our time, we don't suffer leprosy, or at least not that I'm aware of. If any of you have it, you can just raise your hand and let everybody know that you're unclean. We won't make a scene. We'll help you find a, a place to watch online. But I don't think I'm doing a good job of loving like Jesus. But when we, when we see other people, though, and maybe it isn't leprosy, maybe it's an addiction, or maybe it's a different form of of something that is hindering their walk with Christ. And we're like, I don't know how to step into that. I don't know how to help that person. At the surface, what I'm going to do, because now I see it, is I'm going I'm to begin to move away. I'm going to begin to distance myself. That person seems a little bit too needy. I, I don't know how to care for that person's situation. So instead of stepping into it and looking below the surface, I'm going to keep it at a, a surface level. Now, that, that's a temptation for almost all of us. That doesn't make you bad, but what it does uh, reveal is that we need God's grace to be able to look below the surface, to not allow the initial response when we see people to, to determine how we treat them. How, how can we look below the surface? These lepers were avoided at all costs. But Jesus looked below the surface. You know what they, they cried out for? They cried out for mercy. They didn't cry out for a healing, but Jesus, knowing the intent of their heart, he knew that what they desperately wanted was healing. These people who were literally avoided at all costs but to love like Jesus, we have to look below the surface and then offer care. But we need God's help. One thing I was thinking about within this text and thinking about how to provide care for people is just because we know there's something below the surface does not give us the license to know what it is. Someone has to be willing to open up. But what I've found is that when we offer care, when we really see that person's need, when we're, when we're really looking at them through the lens of compassion or kindness or, or generally caring, what happens in those moments is usually God will give us a, an opportunity to ask a question like, how are you really doing? And in that moment, they may or may not open up. But the pressure is not on you. It's really just using that as an opportunity to truly care about that person, to look below the surface. When we have those chances, I would say take advantage of them because that's how we demonstrate love. You've heard this before. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. That's love, just caring. Of all people, by the way, these would, these would be those that we would most distance ourselves from, the lepers. I want to ask a rhetorical question. 
who are the who are the people in your life that you would most quickly run from? Maybe it's actually a demographic of people that we would naturally run from. And I want you to think about this. Is that how Jesus treats them? Does Jesus run from those people? Or does he love them so much that even while they're yet sinners, he died, demonstrating his love? These ten lepers cry out for mercy and they were completely blind to their greatest need. The greatest need was that they would receive spiritual healing. And this is an interesting part of the story. Jesus didn't address that. Instead, he actually says, go, show yourselves to the priests. He didn't even tell them, as you go, you will be healed. There is some type of faith that each of these ten had. There's some type of faith that they had because as Jesus tells them, go show yourselves to the priests, they went. And as they went, they received healing. Not five of the ten, not seven of the ten, all ten received healing. That's what they had the faith to receive, and Jesus knew the intention of their heart was to receive that. To love like Jesus, we have to look below the surface But then we also, lastly, to love like Jesus, we have to believe God for change in our hearts. To love like Jesus, we have to believe God for change in our hearts. Jesus tells them to go show themselves to the priests, and I imagine that each of those ten had maybe even dreamed of the day or the possibility of receiving healing. I can't imagine the loneliness and the isolation that they had experienced as the communities around them had ostracized them, had distanced themselves, had moved away from them. I can't imagine the loneliness. And the only community that they had was of people just like them because they weren't being pushed away. You know, even as I I say that, there are certain segments of, of our population that I think of where they've been pushed away. They've been discarded. And the only community that they have in the loneliness and isolation is with those who are just like them. But Jesus says to them, go show yourselves to the priests, and they would be declared clean. Well, at least nine of them would be declared clean. At least nine of them would be able to go to the priest, show that they no longer have leprosy, and they would be allowed to go back to the synagogue. They'd be allowed to enter their communities. But there was one of them who even if he didn't have leprosy, the Samaritan would not be considered clean. Even without the leprosy, he wouldn't be invited into the synagogue. He wouldn't be brought into the community. And this is the one that I imagine even as he he turned in excitement to go with the other nine in that moment, he realized, I'm not going to be declared clean. I've received this physical healing. My, my life is totally changed. But if I go to the priest with these other nine, you know what he's going to tell me? That's great. But you still can't worship with us because you're not like us. You're not of us. Your ethnicity is different than ours. 
That's what he would hear. Can you imagine what that would feel like? But I'll tell you, it was in those circumstances that as he turns to go, that God gets a a hold of his heart and he realized that he had no place to turn despite the physical healing. He had no place to turn, no place to go. His life had been changed, but he still wouldn't be welcomed. And it was in that moment that the power of God meets this Samaritan. He wasn't good enough for those around him, but he was good enough for God. And he goes back to Jesus. The text tells us that he falls on his face and he worships Jesus. What a contrast between the nine who received the physical healing and the one. The one who was least likely to understand what had just happened. The one who had no educational experience from growing up in a synagogue. This Samaritan who had been told he was second class his whole life, who was always treated differently when he was around the Jews, this is the one who ends up at the feet of Jesus, thanking Jesus. I love the way Jesus responds. Where where are the other nine? Where are they? But you know what's so fascinating to me? Is sometimes we can look around, and, and I do this, and we think that God will get a hold of that person's heart or that person's heart or that person's heart. But this story reminds us that we don't know whose hearts God will change. We don't know. But we do know that we can trust God, that he can change hearts. We can believe God for change in our own hearts. This Samaritan not only received the physical healing, but he received the spiritual healing. God changed his heart. More important than a physical healing, God changed his heart. And in that moment, he experienced, for the very first time, the love of God. See, as believers, as believers, God has given us that love. We've received it. We're beneficiaries of it. But we're to do something with that. We're to give that love to other people. What I find most encouraging about this story is Jesus knew the hearts of all of these people. All ten with leprosy, he knew their hearts. He knew that only one would come back and worship him. But he didn't just heal that one because of his goodness, because of his mercy. He healed all ten. He healed all ten and only one came back. I love that about this story because we we read it and we're naturally inclined to think I'm the one. Like like I'm the Samaritan. I'm going to come back. I'm going to worship you. But that doesn't always happen. Sometimes in our lives we, we pray. We ask for the physical healing, the immediate fix. And without coming back to thank God for it, we just carry on. We just move on through life. The story isn't just about gratitude. It's not just about learning how to be thankful to God. This story reminds us 
that when Jesus says he loved people, he loved people. And he said to his disciples, the way that you love others will be a reflection that you are my disciples. Jesus loves all people in all circumstances. He still loves them. And there is nobody, there is nobody outside of the love of God. No one. And even as we sit in a church or as we worship online this morning, I know for a fact that people sit there and they think, I'm outside of that. I'm outside of the love of God. And what I want to tell you is that's not true. There's nobody outside of the love of God. And when we receive that love, it happens by faith. That's what Jesus said to this Samaritan. He says, your faith has healed you. When by faith we receive Jesus, putting our full trust and confidence in him, in that moment, for the first time, we experience God's love. And for those of us who have experienced that, we've, we've received that love, what I want to do is pray for us that we would love other people the way that Jesus intends so that when we say at the close of a service, let's go love like Jesus, we're like, oh boy, that just raised the bar. That just raised the standard because I know how Jesus loves me. I know how Jesus loves others. So for me to do that well, that's going to require a sacrifice. That's going to require a, an intentional purpose. But I want to invite you to pray with me this morning, wherever you find yourselves, that we would continue to press toward loving like Jesus. God, we, we first say thank you that we have received your love, your faithfulness toward us. And we do want to ask that you would help us to see people the way that you do, that we would love people the way that you love people. But we also know that that begins with understanding your great love toward us. And for anybody who's listening this morning who's never received that love, They've heard about it. They've been taught about your love. But they've never understood how to make that personal. In this very moment, would you help them to ask you for the forgiveness of their sins? That they would pray something like this, Lord Jesus, I know that I, I'm separated from God because of my sin, but I know that it's through faith in Jesus that I can receive a relationship with you. And God, we, we ask in this moment that we would receive that forgiveness, that we would know your love. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Previous messages of our Acts series can be found at hccalive.com. If you would like to partner with us, you have the opportunity to give at hccalive.com as well. Don't forget to subscribe, and may we continue to love like Jesus.